Hey, healthy people. Thanks again for tuning in and for listening. Um, in this episode, we address IBS and we talk about um, the causes and some tools to fix it. Um, but the reason that we focus on IBS in this podcast is because April is IBS Awareness Month. So again, thanks for checking it in and I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Healthy People's Club. We are here today with my incredible friend, the lady who I also call my twin, um, and that is the wonderful Joanna Rogers. Joanna is an integrative nutrition health coach. She's a chef and she's also a fitness enthusiast. Uh, Welcome to the show, Joanna. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, so exciting to be here with you today. Do you know what? I find it really weird calling you Joanna. <laughs> Joanna. So, so I refer to you mostly as Joey or as Bim or as twin. What should yeah. I call you today? <laughs> you can call me any of those things. You can call me, you can call me Joanna. That's fine. Some of my closest friends do call me Joanna. So that's absolutely fine with me. All right. Let's go all formal then. Yes. I'll even Joanna, Miss Joanna words. Rogers, please. I'll try to even pronounce all my words properly for you. Thank you so much. No worries. (laughs) Okay, so um, just to give people a bit of an insight as to who you are, um, would you be kind enough to sort of just maybe go over introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your personal journey and what brought you to health coaching? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Joanna and I, um, where do I start here? Um, so I, I've been interested in health and fitness my whole life, really. Um, I goes right back to when I was at school. I was the sportiest girl at school. I'm still that, still that girl. I'm so interested in food and everything that food brings us and brings people together. And I basically came to learn more about health and nutrition through um, my own gut health issues, where I had to experiment with different diets um, in order to heal myself really, to figure out what worked for me and so on. Um, But I've also worked in hospitality for nearing on 20 years now. God, makes me feel really old. Um, But yeah, I, I did five ski seasons when I was younger and I think that's where I sort of found my love for cooking and where I learned to cook quite sort of extravagant delicious things from quite a young age um and that's when I realized that I loved that as well so sort of incorporating the cooking element from that and all my experience of running pubs bars um restaurants cafes opening cafes um all around the world really um for many years as well as feeding my family I'm very much the mum of the family my mum isn't very interested in cooking So I think she's delighted that I do that for her. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to do so. So sort of from a holistic side, that's how um, that's how I found it. And then also through, yeah, through my love of cooking as well as, yeah, as well as sort of twinning my hospitality experience with my own issues really has has led me to where I am today. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. 
And so you said that, like, I know you've had a lot of experience um, working in hospitality. Uh, when did you sort of realize that you had a bit of a talent in the kitchen? Because I've tasted your food and everywhere we go. So if we, even if we go on a little walk, like without a doubt, I'm rocking up with like, I don't know, a cliff bar or a bar that I've bought from the shop that I'm like, I think this is healthy and it will <laughs> it will do the trick. And Joey's like, obviously brought some like absolutely delicious homemade brownies, protein balls, pancakes, you know it. Um, so when did you realize you had a bit of a talent in the kitchen? I think I think going back to what I said, really, um, from my first ski season, so I did five ski seasons when I was younger. And for anyone that doesn't know what that involves, um, it's hosting um, and running a chalet for um, guests that you have for a week and you're cooking. I was cooking four course dinners every single day. Um, I did an afternoon tea and, and obviously a a big breakfast as well with a hot option. So it's a huge amount of hands-on cooking that I learned when I was 18. And prior to that, I, um, yeah, I'm, try I'm trying to think actually from how old I was that I, I got into cooking because it was certainly before that I knew going into my ski seasons that I already could cook and I already loved it. Um, I think it really just stems from my family and how, um, nobody else really was interested <laughs> in doing it. So I sort of took that role as mum and I feel like I was just helping. And for me, it was just doing something that was a job to do. Um, but yeah, then I got found that I could get really creative with this and um, and sort of go from there, really. Um, I remember my dad teaching me how to make bechamel sauce when I was, I don't know, 10. <laughs> And I don't know, just so interested in it. I just thought it was wonderful. I loved everything that it brought, you know, bringing, it was always around a celebration or bringing our family together or something. And I come from a very family family, like we adore each other and spend every moment with each other wherever, whenever possible. So um, I think with that, we were always together and sharing this food or having friends around or, um, any other sort of celebration really it was always around the food and and that's what I love about food and and ultimately how what I do with my my work now thank you that's really cool um so I want to sort of move on to discussing your personal journey you also you already mentioned that like you spent a little bit of time sort of trialing different diets in the past to maybe um heal your own I'm going to say gut because I, I think I already know that's maybe what some of mm. the issues you had. So can you sort of talk us through what your own personal journey has been with, with your gut health? Yeah, sure. So um, funnily enough, I had, I was called Joanna Stomach of Iron, basically from my parents when I was little and I've been sick very few times in my life and I was just never, ever ill. And we went to Morocco when I was 16 and um, my sister dared me to brush my teeth in the tap water thinking, well, you'll never get ill. And I just did have a bit of an upset tummy. Um, nothing much to speak of really, but, um, just for a bit of context, I'll be 32 this summer and I was 16 then. And let's just say that my tummy's never been the same since, um, over the years it's got better and worse. Um, and I've just been learning throughout those years how to best manage it um 
I've been to the doctor oh, countless times. I've been fully investigated, had all my bloods done, been poked and prodded. Um, yeah, absolutely. All, all the tests done to me. Um, tried, had all the different prescription drugs made available to me, spent countless time, effort, money, emotional energy, you name it, uh, on my IBS, which is uh, what was diagnosed to me by the doctor. Um, so I was left to sort of take matters into my own hands, really. And, uh, and ultimately, that's where the food came into it. And like, you know, why I started researching more about different diets and, uh, and how to what foods exacerbated my tummy more than others and how I could, how could I manage this very sort of crippling way of life really. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure like there's so many people who are maybe listening now that can resonate with sort of going on that journey. I mean, you know, mine personally, but similarly like have spent endless amount of time going to the doctors, asking for tests, getting my bloods taken and, and it can it can really wear you down. I actually was reading earlier. Um, I think it was actually on Instagram, so yeah, it wasn't necessarily the most scientific paper, but it was just referring to how um, like IBS or trying to figure out sort of like your own gut problems can actually lead to quite a lot of sort of like mental health issues. And I think you know you say there about like the energy that it requires and that it takes. Mm. And I think it comes from so many different angles, whether that be you know just the I think the biggest challenge for me has been always worried about what other people think when I say like oh I can't eat that so sometimes like you know I know for me now that chickpeas like really trigger my tummy yeah. and so I won't eat them but sometimes I just feel a little bit too uncomfortable to maybe say that in a group setting um and again yeah probably comes back to other issues that maybe are there with like a relationship to food um so what have you done then to try and fix your gut health or to fix things um oh so much <laughs> and I I uh it can be for anyone that is suffering or anyone who knows of someone and maybe has a friend or a family member who suffers with IBS um it is extremely complex that it can it can be triggered by so many uh, different things, so mul multifactorial. Um, so yeah, I've, I've really tried everything. Um, like I say, it's been a really long, uh, long journey for me really. Um, so yeah, everything from trying different diets to eating earlier in the evenings. Um, so like, like I mentioned before, like I'm, I come from an extremely sociable family. So, and I'm, you know, the chef of the house and I'm very much a people person and a sociable person. So for me, eating earlier, something really plain and uh, not very interesting in my mind, um, eating completely on my own to avoid some symptoms was, uh, yeah, common really. Um, so things like that. And then it's sort of, got in the way of social situations and um yeah definitely affected every area of my life and I yeah completely resonate with you about what you're saying about you know feeling embarrassed and you know don't want to tell people or you don't want to explain to people why you know why you have this certain certain thing that's going on especially as 
you know, lots of people don't, I think unless you have IBS or, or you have, or you know, someone that has IBS, then it's really difficult to understand it fully. So, um, yes, it's been a very long road, but I'm now sort of, I now know my body so well, and I've tried so many different things and now obviously fully qualifying as a health coach that has helped me hugely in, in gaining tools and, uh, and knowledge and confidence in, in managing my symptoms really. Yeah, I, I just want to touch back there actually as to like what um, a health coach is. Um, just to give you a bit of um, an insight into how Joanna and I actually first met is because um, when I first arrived in London, I was part of a triathlon club and I became really good friends with Joanna's amazing sister, Miller. So if she does listen, hey, Miller, love you. Wow, um, <laughs> always say we got we got really really close we were chatting about everything um including things like tummies and stools all sorts and she had said to me you know you've got to meet my sister like you're so alike which is mm. why we then called each other twin yeah and we, um at the time I was looking into a course called integrative nutrition because although I'm a teacher I just I'm really interested about like health and and I always want to learn more and I looked through the the content of the course and I was like wow like this sounds like something that I would really like to study so then when Joey and I finally met up. It turned out that Joanne, uh, Joanna had actually enrolled onto the course. So I was immediately like, oh my God, tell me about it. this course. And I, yeah. I, the amount of, I mean, it comes back to me just being a very indecisive human, but um, the amount of sort of consultation conversations I've had with integrative nutrition. Um, yeah, I think it's an absolutely amazing course and the holistic approach to wellness that it takes um, is really exceptional. But it might just be nice just to dip, dip in here for you to say like what an integrative nutrition health coach is just in case anybody doesn't quite have that understanding. Yeah, defo. So um, yeah, love what you said about it and you're absolutely right. It was just the most amazing course and I found it because... Um, yeah, through my own gut health issues, I was actually looking to maybe be a nutritionist. I'm just so fascinated by food and how we can use food as medicine and how we can use it to heal our bodies. Um, and I was actually chatting to a friend of mine who said, who sort of pointed me more into the health coaching uh, direction. And that's when I that's when I found IAN and uh, that's the name of the school. Um, and uh yeah, it went from there, really. As soon as I started doing a bit of research into it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. And as much as I am so passionate about um, exercise, just like Celeste is, you know, we also are connected through CrossFit as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so absolutely adore exercise and food, of course. But I loved the whole holistic approach that there's so many other pillars to health other than just diet and exercise you know, with IIN, we're looking at this exactly that integrative approach. So, um, and that's how I work with my clients. I'm looking at every area of their life and seeing which areas are out of balance and which could use a little bit more love and care and balance and support. So, um, yeah, so we look at abundance in relationships and joy, spirituality, home cooking, home relationships, um how what good quality sleep you're getting and uh 
yeah, amongst others. So there's so many pillars, um, so many factors that come into play here. Um, so much more than just the food that you put in your mouth and how much you move. So yeah, it's so interesting, so fascinating and gives us the ability to really delve in deep with people to um, to ensure that they are having living the most abundant life really. Yeah, fascinating. Really, really, really love the course and love the work that you're doing to support and to help people as well. Um, so if, you know, there's anyone listening who maybe is suffering, struggling with like any kind of like gut symptoms, they feel like something isn't quite right. What would you say is like the sort of the first thing that they could do to sort of, um, yeah, help their journey to healing? Um, right. Really good question. And I think as humans, um, we essentially just want the quick fix with everything. So um, you want me to give um, a sort of pocket answer of like, this is what everyone needs to do done. And then everyone wants to do it. And I know that obviously I've been guilty of that, like everyone has been. But um, before I dive into what you can do, um, I'm just going to touch a little bit on what IBS is to anyone that doesn't know. So um, IBS stands for irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it's a very complex multifactorial condition of the gut. Um, it is also considered a functional disorder, uh, meaning that the symptoms cannot be um, explained by identifiable structural abnormalities, essentially. So, for example, when I've been to the doctor before, I've been I've been fully you know, investigated and there's absolutely nothing to see really. Um, my gut to someone without IBS looks exactly the same. So it can be really difficult to fix because there isn't, it's like taking your car to the garage when it's got no warning lights on um, or, and uh, you know, and yet you're saying that there's, it keeps breaking down, but the mechanics actually can't fix it because they just can't really see what's going on. So look into that machine and then the machine's yeah. supposed to tell them. Yeah. But if the machine doesn't tell them anything and you're like, yeah, but it's breaking down. What can yeah. they do? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I mean, there's lots of things that we can do to, to help IBS. Um, there's still so much we don't know about IBS and the gut. Um, but it, gut health is such a buzzword nowadays because, you know, there's so much more awareness coming out, um, so much more research, constant research all the time that's coming out with it. Um, what we do know is that there's, yeah, there certainly is research to support the effect of stress on the microbiome um, and therefore um, our, our gut health. So, um Certainly stress management tips I would put as number one, to be honest, um, for IBS healing, gut healing, and overall health altogether, really. That is the single sort of best thing that we can do for our health, really. Um, and whatever that looks like, sort of however that looks like for you, if that is going on a walk and, and just getting outside and moving a bit, then... Um, you know, if that helps you feel calm and connected, then absolutely do that. Um, if it's cooking, if you find that, you know, like me and C, this is about the only way that we're like fully <laughs> really differ. That is like a really calming, create, you know, way that I show my creativity. So I love that. And for Celeste, it's just stressful and time, waste of time. I'm too stressed about the mess. <laughs> 
I'm too stressed. Like I, I get so panicked. I'm like, oh, there's dishes. It's getting dirty. Oh my gosh. And now something's splashed. Like Joanna and I actually had like a little cooking session, which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah. But it, it was, and it was incredible. I learned so much. Um, but yeah, I'm telling you, I think most of the time I was like, let me just wipe this down. Let me clean this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks for that. I think you're right. Like stress. Um, yeah is a, yeah it's definitely been a trigger for me but I think one of the great things about having a coach or I mean I've been blessed because you've pretty much been coaching me um throughout my little journey as well but um coming back to sort of having somebody else to help you be fully aware of what triggers you definitely um, yeah especially you know there's lots of us who are like yeah but I'm healthy I'm, I'm generally healthy which is mm. quite often my response to things mm. um but sometimes when you really take a step back and work with someone else to analyze and to go through and to ask questions then you can really get in tune with with what is what is triggering you so in terms of stress like you've just described it's totally different for everybody so mm. what stresses me out is different to what stresses you out so yeah I like I like that connection there yeah between. absolutely so um yeah we got off a, a little bit of a tangent ch chatting about cooking and food I'll always do that so apologies but coming back to the question <laughs> definitely so yeah I would put stress as number one so if we can manage our stress then that is an amazing amazing important tool um so whether that looks like you know having a bit of uh, med meditation, mindfulness, um, yoga, you know, daily to keep that, to keep your your body connected and feeling calm is uh, really important. And then obviously there's food triggers. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm deliberately telling you in that order because um, I just thought, you know, it must be the food I'm eating um, for years. And I was just, I ripped my diet to shreds. I tried all these different diets. And then I started creating sort of an unhealthy relationship around food that I felt sort of it made me feel, sort of took the enjoyment away from it a bit. And then I started get, getting a bit scared of food. And, and on the back of that, obviously, being a bit nervous about going out to social situations and things. So um, I'm not saying that food is a trigger and of course it is. Um, but I think it's, it's really important to be mindful of, I think, look at the, how you're eating first and the, what you're eating second, I would sort of take that sort of give that advice before sort of going into it. But yeah, certainly yeah. working. Sorry. Yeah, on. You go. No, go. Just working, work, working with a coach, working with a nutritionist, a health coach or someone else, or even just chatting to a friend about your health habits and so on. I think that that can show you real good perspective. And, you know, like, as you said before, us having this um, healthy relationship, you know, I'm, I'm relatively healthy or so on. You know, we all we all get into a routine of things that we eat or things that we do or watch or people that we hang around and stuff every every day and every week and so on. So I think for that bit of external perspective, it's really important to sort of maybe reevaluate some things that are in our lives and, um, and maybe they're not as healthy as you once thought. And then there's, of course, all the 
inverted commas health foods that are and all the marketing that are that's on packets that says oh you know this is a whole grain cereal that's actually just so full of sugar which is really inflammatory and really bad for um for our bodies in general but apart from anything sugar is a laxative so <laughs> you know if you're struggling with ibsd then that's really not going to help you um so just just sort of take it you go oh yeah i think i would just say taking it back to basics getting really real on um what we need as humans we need sunlight we need movement we need whole foods generally speaking anything that comes out of a packet is not and then just learning a little bit more being a bit more mindful about hidden ingredients and things so you know just learning what to look out for and you know and what certain ingredients do for you and uh, and working with that really but yeah i think definitely working with a coach or or um yeah nutritionist is really really helpful can be really helpful Thank you. Thanks for sharing those tips. I just was about to say before that um, something I I noticed is that I when I when I've travelled, I've quite often not ate the same foods that I would normally at home, and I would say in a way um, haven't been as conscious of what I was eating, and I just really enjoyed it, which is actually what I'm working towards being like all the time anyway. Um, and I quite, I quite often think, oh, well, this, these foods are definitely going to like trigger my tummy, but because my, my stress levels are so much lower and I'm able to sort of stop and sit down and enjoy my meals and chew my foods properly, I found that I'd go away and eat all of these foods that, that I would maybe stereotypically be like, oh, they'll trigger me. Um, and my gut's been really good. So yeah. I love there that, yeah, you mentioned that there are other elements apart from just like certain foods that, that can trigger it. Absolutely. And I'd just like to touch on that, that before we, uh, before we started recording today's podcast, that I was, um, I had turf games last weekend or the weekend before, and I was just saying that I had, I, I went off afterwards with, um, some of my pals and we, had the most wonderful evening. It was just so much fun, screaming of laughter. And we had um, bottomless pizza. Um, I've never done that before. God only knows how much pizza I'd eaten. And I just, I sort of told myself, you know, if I'm gonna have a bit of a sore tummy uh, tomorrow, tonight, later, then so be it. But I'm just here for the moment and I'm just fully enjoying. And yeah, I just did. and that just has such plays such a massive part in our in our digestive health and therefore our overall health if we are calm and relaxed and uh yeah enjoying that just makes all the difference to us i did a i did a quiz a gut health quiz on my story yesterday and one of the questions was that how how to best support our ibs symptoms and the right the right answer was connection and laughter because it's so true. And I think another option was high fiber diet. And the reason it isn't that because high fiber isn't, you know, what wouldn't support everyone's uh, digestive issues. And in fact, sometimes when my tummy is really bad, that lots of fiber is, you know, really uh, triggering for me. And I just need to eat plain white rice and salmon, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> nice. Mm. Um, 
So we briefly touched on cooking, and this is um, something that I really wanted to make sure that we touched on today, because I'm going to like admit that something that I find quite tedious, don't enjoy it, quite stressful, and quite disengaged from cooking. Like I've said this to Joanna so many times, but I'm someone who's like, you know, I want to get better. I'd like to improve. I want to be able to like cook dinner for other people. Um, don't inspect and invite anybody because it's not happening yet. But <laughs> so if you've ever been telling me the reason that you've never been around for dinner is because um, I'm not particularly talented in the kitchen, or at least I don't think that. But um, when I express this to, to Joanna, she's like, well, I'll come around and we will have a little cooking session and I'll teach you some things. And so I just had put in some questions to maybe support other people, because I think there's maybe a bit of a misconception that like just because somebody it's you know it looks like on Instagram they eat really well and they're healthy that they are getting all of the nutrients that they need and they eat a really varied diet and they're amazing at cooking and I just want to let you know that that isn't the truth um mm, yeah. and so there are a few questions but Joanna like feel free to sort of dip on and off and go into whatever direction you want to with these. But the first question I had for you about cooking made easy is what are your top 10 shelf essentials and why? Maybe not 10. That's quite a lot. Go for a few. <laughs> go for however many you want. <laughs> oh, I can tell you 20. Um, no problem at all. Um, yeah. So, uh, hmm. so I will always have apple cider vinegar. I will just shout that out immediately as number one um it is something that i drink it's so good for our gut health and therefore our overall health our digestive systems and our skin and hair nails everything um so that's the first thing so not just from a health perspective but it's also very acidic so hence that's why it's good for our digestive systems but also you need that acid, that flavor balancing and balancing dishes. So I'm looking at acid, I'm looking at something salty, I'm looking at something a bit sweet, I'm looking at fatty. So this is how I sort of base all my meals and why everyone, you know, lot, or lots of people, lots of my friends say to me like, why are you so good at cooking? And it's like, the reason that it is, is I'm, I sort of understand the basis of, and I think if, you, if everyone understands this basis of what the what flavors you're trying to balance and the nutrients you're trying to include, um, you know, to ensure that you have a whole protein source, you know, you've got complete protein, you've got vegetables, you've got complex carbs, and then how to make a zesty balanced dressing, which is super simple, then that's all you need. Um, so from the top, I've got apple cider vinegar, I would say soy or tamari sauce, peanut butter, always healthy fats, really amazing protein, um, a good quality olive oil, um, tahini, I always have a good quality runny one, not a thick one from a supermarket. Um, what else? I would always have some kind of healthier sugar, so stevia or maybe maple, maple syrup I use a lot. Um, I'd always have dried lentils, um, so cheap, so accessible, like amazing for us, um, keeps forever. You can have loads of different dried beans, pulses, so get a selection, fill up some kilner jars, also looks beautiful on your work surface. Um, and then 
go wild with your spice rack if you want, or just have a few. My staples, I would always have turmeric. I would always have uh, smoked paprika. I'd always have cumin. Um, I would start there. Um, that way that you can make loads of different stir fries, curries. You can just um, get really creative with those with those spices and make loads of different things out of them. Even just sprinkling a little smoked paprika on top of avocado makes it so much tastier and tastes so different. Um, but yeah, I don't know how many we're at now, maybe nine. Um, coconut milk, I always have for, yeah, for quick curries and stir fries. Um, uh, smoothies as well, have that in there. And brown rice, I would always, always have. But yeah, I love buckwheat as well. So that's sort of the staples I would start with. And then of course, from there, adding fresh, fresh veg always um, in abundance. And um, yeah, if you've got good quality protein as well, then look no further. That's all you need. <laughs> Maybe what I'll get you to do is when when I um, share this podcast, I'll get like a list of those ingredients and put them in the show notes as well. So people can maybe go out and update their cupboards. That's exactly what I did before you came around. Yeah. Although the tahini is still full. I've not opened it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. You can start that. putting that tahini in smoothies um, instead of having nut butter all the time. Or I know that you're restricted with yourself with peanut butter, whereas you're not going to just spoon in mouthful after mouthful of tahini. So by getting your healthy fats in, which which will help, well, it's so important for so many things, but also makes you feel fuller for longer. So by putting a, a dribble of, um, a dribble, drizzle, dollop of uh, whichever one you've got, <laughs> of tahini in your smoothie, then yeah, adds this delicious creaminess as well. Get it in there, twin. Um, and so then the second question is, what can we do to make cooking easier? Which I suppose like one of them is just having those ingredients like on your shelf. But is there anything else that we can do? Mm, good question. Um, and you're asking me, someone who finds it really easy. So this is actually quite difficult for me to answer other than, yeah, I think if someone is coming to me, like for you, you coming to me and saying that you do struggle with knowing what to cook and so on, I would advise putting the correct ingredients, you know, the right good, good sort of shelf ingredients in the cupboards um, and they're ready to go whenever. Um, so yeah, start with them. We can put them in the show notes and um, I can add a few more as well. Um, and then if you've got everything that you need to, to balance a meal and to make it taste good and knowing when you taste something what it's missing that just comes with experience and practice and I've been tasting food and altering it for my whole life um so that's that's how I would advise really and then you can so start super simple like that you don't need to go wild and be creating all these different cuisines and stuff that you're just unfamiliar with. Start with simple basics. So like I said, look at your, just fill your fridge with a, a variety of different vegetables. Um, the more variety, the better. So we want to eat the rainbow. So let's aim for beetroots and dark leafy greens and carrots and Brussels sprouts. Like they're not just for Christmas. You can do loads of different things with them and but, you know, just and then get creative with all of them. You can make a, 
a healthy fatty dressing really simply um add a good quality protein and that's it so yeah, yeah. um what i'd say um is one of my favorite um most like easy dinners really something so easy to do is if you're uh, from the north just for the northerners dinner is tea what just, so <laughs> i'm just i'm just in case there's any of my mank friends listening so in london we refer to or everywhere else you need to translate yeah just to translate that so we what we have is breakfast dinner and tea what the north that's breakfast not right um whereas elsewhere it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You right? don't eat lunch. But no, you call it lunchtime. It. No, it's dinner time. What? Dinner time is lunchtime. What? That is That's so confusing. It is. But anyway, sorry. So. Okay. Tea time. So when I was a child and I ate chicken nuggets and chips, um, that was tea. That was children's tea. But I'm not a child anymore, so I don't eat children's tea. I eat bowls of brilliance, generally. <laughs> so bowls of brilliance are what my bro and um, and his girlfriend, so my Cece and my bro, we were living together for, I've recently moved out, but um, for, yeah, nearly two years, um, we, we would eat a, a bowl of brilliance, uh, I don't know how many times a week, but that was sort of our staple go-to, and by which I'm literally chopping up loads of different veggies, whatever I've got in the fridge, chucking it on a baking tray, adding some spices, adding some kind of seasoning, lobbing it all together, roasting it all up, and then, yeah, making a simple a simple dressing to go on that. So um, that was sort of, sort of my, uh, our go-to, really. <laughs> Will you share a couple of recipes with uh, with us before um, for when the show goes out? Yes, definitely. Of course I will. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. What are your thoughts on frozen veg? Like, can people use frozen veg? I'm just aware that, like, sometimes um, we can, I was going to say, it's not always true, but sometimes it seems really expensive to, like, buy lots of fresh fruit and vegetables and yes we can buy seasonally and mm-hmm. um yeah opt for cheaper sources but can we also use frozen yeah so absolutely we can i think what i would say with that is in an ideal world we would be all buying and eating organic everything all the time but i know and i d- i certainly don't do that i know what fruits and veggies are more important to eat organically and which ones aren't so so berries and micro herbs and broccoli and things like that imagine all the pesticide spray that is damaging to our guts that gets in and around everything so that is when I would then go to conventional and then but then getting frozen vegetables as another option if that is the only option that you're going to if that's the only way that you're going to eat vegetables then get the frozen vegetables you know, if that's the difference between you not eating them and eating them, then absolutely get that. Um, I think there's, yeah, there's certainly, I don't even know really like how many different fruit frozen vegetable options there are, but, um, uh, you know, I know that they do certainly peas, my bro's favorite. Green beans. <laughs> Green beans. Yeah. You can have that. Um, there's sweet corn. There's like frozen spinach. Frozen spinach. Yes really good for smoothies as well because it's like plopping an ice cube in there 
um yeah absolutely i think go wild with that and you know that that way it just stays in the freezer it's not you're not going to end up chucking it away or whatever however if you do buy non-frozen um i would never ever to avoid ever throwing anything away then you just force yourself to make a bowl of brilliance by chucking it all in the oven roasting it all up or taking whatever's left over for lunch the following day or dinner and um and uh, or you know mash it up and make it into a fritter and put a poached egg on it for breakfast you know bubble and squeak styly so yeah there's loads of things that you can do amazing thank you thank you so much for giving up your time um and thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge um really 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 appreciate you having a chat with me today um there are just a final few questions are you happy for me have we got like another few minutes yeah sure okay so these are like the questions that i generally like finish with uh when we wrap up on the show mm. but um what do you know now that you wish you were taught at school oh great question so a few things um okay first of all i would say cooking i know that some schools did do a little bit of food tech um but we didn't in our school and i think it is a life skill and i think what i've just sort of shared with you guys now um i think that would be sort of informative to some people and maybe lots of you already knew what i've just said um but i think learning that from a really young age that you can just how to use all these different ingredients and not to not to waste anything and how to make a really simple balanced meal just you know how to balance all the flavors and make it taste brilliant i think if we were taught that at school that would be not only really really fun and i would have loved it um but really an amazing life lesson um the second thing i would say is to learn more about gut health i don't know if uh yeah if this is taught you'll have a much better understanding you know do do you teach children about gut health now or um so they, they do have a unit on science but it's not necessarily relatable to our own bodies mm. um Obviously, I'm I'm blessed because I got you to come in <laughs> to yeah, help me uh, deliver some of that content. But I, but you know, I design my own curriculum and I really care about this stuff. So I'm in a different position to a lot of other schools. I'm not convinced it's on the curriculum anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. So with that with that in mind, then if that um, if that isn't on the curriculum, I really think that that would be the most fantastic thing to be teaching children from a very young age to just something to be aware of and to be mindful of and i think you know you and i spoke about this when i say so i came into celeste school and i did a I did a chat about gut health to her her children and um just sort of trying to relate to them and thinking back to when i was 14 and i ate sweets and i didn't care about my gut obviously i was a 14 year old i just wanted to run around and play so um just trying to sort of put myself into their shoes and try to make it as sort of fun and interesting as uh, as this topic can be, which I'm now completely passionate about and so fascinated by, and if it, it essentially affects every single part of our lives and our and of our health. So I think if you are um, introduced to that, to the idea of that from a very young age, even if you don't learn, you know, much about it, I think that that would be a really good thing to be teaching children. Um, the last thing I would say is. 
Um, I don't know whether this was just me. And again, you can correct me if you're not teaching, if maybe you do sort of implement this with your children, but um, the importance of rest, um, I would say. So my mum is, <laughs> so my mum sounds so weird saying, we call her Oni because that's her name. So O would always um, say, you know, to get us to like get up and go and get outside and play and we had such a lovely childhood doing so charging around and and uh yeah moving constantly and then I've just been working you know in hospitality running around running busy teams running around a kitchen uh exercising and then when I wasn't doing that I've been in CrossFit and in the gym and charging around on my bike and yeah just been yanging around the place basically. So now, aged 31, I'm having to sort of learn the importance of yin and trying to incorporate that in my life at a later stage. It's actually really difficult. And I was just chatting to see earlier that, uh, yeah, our bodies just don't want to change, even if they, even if that change is going to be beneficial for you, even if it's, uh, yeah, a healthy change like this is. Um, we will resist change at all costs. Um, so me telling my body now to, we're now going to slow down a bit. We're now going to be more mindful and quiet. And um, yeah, that is something that I could have really, really done with being sort of more drilled into me at a younger age, um, rather than feeling like I was being lazy or, feeling guilty for sitting down or resting or yeah any of that I remember my dad and he still does this now like he sometimes listens to the show so sorry dad I hope you're not offended but like <laughs> he wakes up really early and he's so excited by the fact that he doesn't have a lot of sleep and I'm always like dad like you need to sleep more um and if I do stay over at his, it's often like very rarely. And I also wake up super early just as part of like my routine. But, you know, if my dad is up first, so dad might get up at five and I get up at 5.30 and I like um, go downstairs. The first thing he'll say to me is good afternoon. <laughs> and he would say it in like a joking manner. And he's yeah super lighthearted and we, we play like yeah, but, that, but that that is yeah. a prime example of it that you know you're you've been brought up and conditioned to think that you're being lazy, lazy. or whatever even if it is said with jest um yeah. you know and why are our parents like that because they were brought up in that way and they're just instilling you know great ambition and determination and you know um busyness in us yeah for lack of a better word um but yeah and I think that's just another another reason why we are <laughs> twins <laughs> yeah. yeah no doubt um again thank you so much um I would like you to maybe just share with us where we can find out more about Joanna Rogers. Uh, how can people contact you? What about if somebody wants advice or some health coaching? Like, where do we go? Okay, so um, I do I do have a website. It can be found through um, my Instagram, though, like link in bio. So um, my handle is Joanna Rogers Coaching. And yeah, like I said, the link is in the bio there. Um, you can click on my website there and book in um, th 
through contact me or work with me on the right hand side or you can just send me a message and we can continue chatting about guts there or recipes I share lots of recipes on that page I share lots of other health tips so um yeah do follow along for for any of that yeah and it's also just a lovely Instagram account can I sorry just to add that like sometimes I'm like going through and everything that I see on your Instagram account is only going to add benefit to my my life so yeah even if you're not looking to get some health coaching just yet maybe at least start off by by following Joanna on her site thank you very much and thank you so much for having me it was so great to have this conversation no worries um i'm gonna stop recording and then i'll just have a quick chat with you before you go but thank you so much joanna love you lots twin thank you love you bye, bye.